you're about to enter into a new world of knowledge, curiosities, and high strangeness. This is a podcast of Straight Up Strange Productions. A warning, this episode includes depictions of violence, murder, animal death, and mentions of suicide. Listener discretion is advised, especially for children under 13. If you're thinking about suicide, are worried about a friend or a loved one, or would like emotional support, help is available. Call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255 to speak with a counselor today. In February 1891, the first advertisements for Ouija, the wonderful talking board, started appearing in newspapers. In its ad, a Pittsburgh toy shop described a mystical device that answered questions about the past, present, and future, and assured families of all classes that it was a fun and wholesome way to pass the time. Another New York paper declared it as interesting and mysterious, and testified that the board had an official patent, meaning it had been proven to work by the patent office. As you've probably guessed, this mysterious communication device was what's known today as the Ouija board, a flat board with the letters of the alphabet arranged in two semicircles above the numbers 0 through 9. The words yes and no in the uppermost corners, goodbye at the bottom, and a planchette, a teardrop-shaped piece, usually with a small window in the body, used to move around the board. The idea was that two or more people would sit around the board, place their fingertips on the planchette, ask a question, and watch in awe as the planchette moved from letter to letter spelling out the answers of its own accord. The Ouija board came directly out of the American 19th century obsession with spiritualism, the belief that the dead are able to communicate with the living. During the second half of the 19th century, it was a very common and acceptable activity to contact spirits at seances through automatic writing or table-turning parties where participants would place their hands on a small table and watch it start to shake and rattle, while they all promised that they weren't moving it. Even Mary Todd Lincoln, wife of President Abraham Lincoln, conducted seances in the White House after their 11-year-old son died of a fever in 1862. It wasn't until 1973 when The Exorcist first appeared in theaters, that the attitude toward Ouija boards in pop culture changed drastically. The terrifying movie, supposedly based on real events, declared that 12-year-old Reagan was possessed by a demon after playing with a Ouija board by herself. Almost overnight, 
The Ouija board became the devil's preferred method of communication. Today, they're seen as dark and dangerous rather than spiritual. Although some scientific studies have refuted the Ouija board's ability to move without at least subconscious intervention, Ouija board historian Robert Murch has said that whether it's science or spirits, Ouija boards work. Because for the past 130 years, people have been asking Ouija boards questions and they've been answering. The only question is whether those answers come from the great beyond, from our subconscious, or from deliberate manipulation. For some, what these talking boards say is the undeniable truth. That's exactly why the Ouija board has played a crucial role in some of the most chilling crimes over the years. Stay with me as we discuss incredibly bizarre and violent real crimes connected to Ouija boards. I'm Jaden McKell, and you're listening to Straight Up Enigmas. Listeners, thanks for joining us. If you enjoy the show, please head over to Apple Music and leave us a review. It really helps out our podcast. Connect with us on social media, where we post each episode as it airs. We're proud to be a member of the Straight Up Strange Network. I'll include a link to the network's Facebook page in the show notes. If you'd like to support our podcast, please check us out at patreon.com slash straightupenigmas to receive bonus content, shoutouts on social media, personalized messages from me, and early access to our regularly scheduled episodes. Remember to join us in just five days for our spooky 13 Nights of Halloween series, where we'll release a bone-chilling, bite-sized mini-episode each day for 13 days leading up to October 31st. We've got some eerie stories planned for you all, and I can't wait to share them with you. Without further ado, let's get back to the show. On March 7, 1930, Clotilde Marchand answered the door of her Buffalo, New York home to find a Native American woman on her doorstep. The woman accused Clotilde of being a witch, then attacked her with a hammer and stuffed a chloroform-soaked rag down her throat. A short time later, Clotilde's body was Bound by her 12-year-old son. Witnesses saw the murderer scoping out the house, and Clotilde's husband, the sculptor Henry Marchand, pointed the police toward one of his models, 
a Seneca woman named Lila Jimerson. She and 66-year-old Nancy Bowen, the actual killer, were arrested on the night of the murder. The complicated murder plot was soon released to the public. In the fall of 1929, Jimerson and Bowen were using a Ouija board to try to contact the spirit of Bowen's recently deceased husband, Sassafras Charlie. Charlie reportedly said through the board that he was murdered by a woman named Clotilde and gave her address and description. After the seance, Bowen began receiving letters from a mysterious Mrs. Dooley explaining that Clotilde was actually a witch and had put a spell on Charlie because she was jealous of his healing powers. When the hex didn't work, Clotilde killed him. The letter also indicated that Bowen might be Clotilde's next victim. All of this information was coming from Lila Jimerson. Henry Marchand suspected that Jimerson was infatuated with him and had plotted to kill his wife out of jealousy. However, Jimerson's lawyers claimed that she and Henry were actually having an affair, and it was Henry who had orchestrated his wife's death. Jimerson was acquitted of the crime, while Bowen pled guilty and was released on time served. As for Henry, he moved to Albany and married his murdered wife's 18-year-old niece within the year. On November 18, 1933, 15-year-old Maddie Turley and her father, Ernest, were trying to shoot a skunk on their property when Maddie shot Ernest twice in the back. At first, Maddie claimed she'd accidentally fired after she tripped and fallen, but after her father died of his wounds, Maddie changed her story. While playing with a Ouija board with her mother, Dorothy, Maddie was ordered by the spirit world to kill Ernest so that Dorothy could marry a young cowboy, a man who would make her happier. After the Ouija board had spoken, Dorothy assured Maddie she could not be arrested for complying with its orders. The spirit board could not be denied, she said. Both Maddie and Dorothy were arrested, and the entire sickening story quickly came out. Maddie admitted her guilt and was sentenced to a reform school until she was 18. Dorothy was convicted of assault with intent to commit murder and was given a sentence of 10 to 25 years. Three years later, though, the Supreme Court of Arizona reversed the conviction on the grounds that the trial court had refused to allow evidence that Maddie, who spent her childhood in juvenile detention and never spoke to her mother again, was lying. Dorothy 
was released from prison. On December 2nd, 1995, 17-year-old Michael McCallum and his 16-year-old friend, Pierre Antoine, lured two 15-year-olds, Michael Eridge and Stephen Curran, back to McCallum's flat in London, England. The room was described as a shrine to Satan, with posters of the devil covering the walls an improvised altar covered in black cloth, and a Ouija board. While the four teenagers were using it, the board supposedly spelled out the word kill. When Eeridge tried to leave, Antoine stopped him and eventually hit him. Things took a much darker turn when McCallum pulled out a foot-long combat knife and used it to stab Eeridge 11 times while Curran watched on in horror. It's believed that McCallum murdered Eeridge in an attempt to make a sacrifice to Satan. McCallum, who had unspecified mental problems, accepted a plea of manslaughter due to diminished responsibility and was sentenced to an unlimited term at Broadmoor Mental Hospital. Over the course of two nights in July 1976, career criminal Gary Gilmore shot two men to death in Utah. He was soon arrested and became infamous when demanding to be executed for his crimes. Gary's younger brother, Michael Gilmore, later wrote the book, Shot in the Heart, about their childhood. In the novel, Michael relays a strange story about their mother, Bessie. According to Michael, Bessie was convinced that she had contacted a demonic spirit through a Ouija board as a child. What's more, she believed that the demon had subsequently attached itself to her family. She became even more convinced when one of her sisters was killed and another one was left paralyzed after an accident. As an adult, Bessie married Frank Gilmore, whose mother, Faye, was a medium. One night, Bessie was told there would be a seance at Faye's home. Remembering her own awful experience with the supernatural, Bessie stayed away. When she returned, she found Faye exhausted and terrified. She managed to get the older woman into bed before heading to sleep herself. A short time later, she was awoken by the feeling that something was touching her face. When she opened her eyes, she saw a horrifying, inhuman creature lying in bed beside her. Screaming, she jumped out of bed, 
only to see Faye walking into the room, shouting that, quote, it knows who you are, and urging Bessie to get out of the house right away. Panicking, she ran to the bedroom where her children were sleeping. There, she saw the entity looking directly into the eyes of her young son, Gary. She managed to escape the house with her kids, but Gary apparently began to have terrible nightmares afterward. Bessie saw the creature once more, standing in her house just before Gary started to get into trouble. She believed that the demon she had summoned as a child through the Ouija board had possessed her son, making him an angry and violent man. In 1977, Gilmore was executed for his crimes via firing squad. He's the subject of Norman Mailer's Pulitzer Prize-winning book, The Executioner's Song, which was later adapted into a TV movie starring Tommy Lee Jones. We'll be back right after this. You know, with Halloween just around the corner, now is the perfect time to switch off the lights, grab a bowl of popcorn, and watch a scary movie. And the greatest way to tune in to your favorite creepy films is with Shudder. As the world's premier streaming service for horror, thriller, and supernatural content, Shudder is spooky 24-7, 365. But they like to be a little extra for Halloween. And this year, they're going all out by turning the normal 31 days of Halloween into the 61 days of Halloween, a two-month celebration of their favorite season, featuring weekly original and exclusive movie premieres you won't find anywhere else, like Creepshow, a Shudder original series, H.P. Lovecraft's Color Out of Space, starring Nicolas Cage, the second season of AMC's Nosferatu, Glenn Danzig's of The Misfits' Veronica, Scare Me, starring Aya Cash from The Boys and You're the Worst, Josh Rubin and Chris Redd from Saturday Night Live, and 61 Days of Daily Recommendations from Shudder curator Sam Zimmerman. Shudder has a vast selection of content, extensive international library, range of genres and types of movies, from old classics to modern favorites. I recently just watched one of my all-time favorite slasher films, John Carpenter's Halloween on Shudder. It's such a creepy, suspenseful movie that sends chills up my spine every time I see it. We also switched it up and went with something more modern when our friends came over for a movie night the other day. We watched Shudder's original series, Creepshow, and I absolutely loved it. Each episode has two short vignettes, and I think my favorite was about a girl trying to protect her dolls from a severed toy head that shows up in her dollhouse one day. It seriously gave me the chills. You can stream great thrillers, horror, and suspense for $5.99 a month or $56.99 a year. Shudder has been called the Netflix for horror, and I can see why. It has the largest, fastest-growing, human-curated selection 
of thrilling and dangerous entertainment. There are new spine-tingling thrillers, shocking horrors, and edge-of-your-seat suspense added weekly. You'll have unlimited access to stream ad-free on all your favorite devices, including iPhone and Android devices, Apple TV, Roku, Xbox One, and more. Shudder has a unique collection of exclusive and original films and series, horror classics, and blockbuster hits. Get started streaming the best horror, thriller, and supernatural content. Shudder's expertly curated collection includes titles like the acclaimed Tigers Are Not Afraid, One Cut of the Dead, Revenge, and the Creepshow TV series, produced by Greg Nicotero and based on the famous films by George Romero. To try Shudder free for 30 days, go to Shudder.com. That's S-H-U-D-D-E-R.com and use promo code ENIGMAS, E-N-I-G-M-A-S. Once more, to try Shudder free for 30 days, go to Shudder.com, that's S-H-U-D-D-E-R.com, and use promo code ENIGMAS, E-N-I-G-M-A-S. Thank you to Best Fiends for sponsoring this episode. When you finished binging the latest podcast on your list, you could scroll on social media or do a deep dive on the net, researching anything related to the show. Or when you need a break, like I do after browsing online, it might be time to change up the pace and play the mobile puzzle game Best Fiends. I love being able to relax and explore the world of Minutia with its adorable and brave inhabitants. For me, it's an adventure getting to collect best fiends, level them up, discover their special powers, and battle the slugs of Mount Boom. Best Fiends is a casual game, so it doesn't stress me out, but it still challenges my brain because it's a puzzle game. There are thousands of levels and special missions. I'm currently on level 470 and have really enjoyed lately matching through color collectors to collect all blocks of that color. They've really created a whole world right on my phone. It's bright and colorful with great graphics, and there's a story behind each cute character. Brittle the housefly wears the cutest little helmet and helps me out with her special skill of converting surrounding blocks to purple blocks. Best Fiends never gets old. There are new in-game challenges and events every month, so you'll never get bored. You can even play the game without using Wi-Fi, so it's perfect to pick up when you're in the drive through or waiting to get your groceries that you ordered online. Engage your brain with fun puzzles and collect tons of cute characters. Trust me, with over 100 million downloads, this 5-star rated mobile puzzle game is a must-play. Download Best Fiends free on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends. On the night of February 11th, 2001, 53-year-old Carol Sue Elvaker 
was using a Ouija board with her daughter, Tammy Roach, and Tammy's two daughters. While playing in their home in Minko, Oklahoma, Elvaker received a message through the Ouija board informing her that her son-in-law, 34-year-old Brian Roach, was evil and needed to be killed. Elvaker obeyed, grabbed a knife, and stabbed him in his sleep. He called out for help, but Elvaker and Tammy Roach allowed him to bleed to death. After stabbing her son-in-law, Elvaker tried to stab Tammy's 10-year-old daughter, but Tammy wrestled the knife from her mother and hid it in the house. Elvaker, Tammy, and the two granddaughters climbed into a car, which Elvaker proceeded to run off the road, but she only ended up breaking both of her ankles and slightly injuring the other passengers. Elvaker then got out of the car and tried to push one of her granddaughters into traffic, believing that she had inherited Brian's evil. Elvaker then ran from the scene, even though both of her ankles were broken. She stripped off her clothes and hid in the forest, but was soon arrested by the authorities. Elvaker had no history of mental problems, Drugs and alcohol were not involved, and investigators couldn't find any evidence of domestic problems in the home. Elvaker was ultimately ruled insane and committed to a psychiatric hospital. Tammy was also charged, but the case was later dropped. On Christmas Eve 2014, Paul Carroll was using a Ouija board in his home in County Durham, United Kingdom. According to Carroll, he was trying to contact the dead when an evil spirit entered the family dog, Molly. Carroll, who has severe learning disabilities, then drowned the dog and dismembered her body. Afterward, he dumped the body in an outside drain, causing it to back up. When workers were brought in to fix the drain, they discovered the dog's body. Meanwhile, neighbors who had heard the story reported Carol to the police. He was arrested and charged with causing the dog unnecessary suffering. Carol pled guilty and received a suspended sentence, but the story took an even stranger turn in January 2015. Just a week after her husband's guilty plea, Carol's wife, Margaret, and his stepdaughter, Katrina, were using the same Ouija board when it told them they were going to die. The next day, the mother and daughter took some prescription drugs and then set their house on fire in an apparent suicide attempt. Both women were hospitalized, but survived. Luckily, no one else was hurt, even though there were explosive gas canisters in the house. 
both Margaret and Katrina were arrested for arson and given four years in prison. Two teenage boys, Joshua Tucker and Donald Shalklin, were playing with a Ouija board in December 2007 and asked it if they should become serial killers. When the board replied yes, they asked who they should kill first. The board replied, Mom. Tucker did exactly that, stabbing and killing Shalklin's mother and also his 13-year-old sister, Elizabeth. As Tucker's mother, Shannon Harrington, would later describe in the defense of her son, it was like Satan was using his hands. After the murder, the two young men, who were covered in blood, got into a car and tried to flee the scene. They were arrested a short time later. Shalklin was given nine and a half years in prison, while Tucker was given a 41-year sentence. In 1983, 25-year-old Anthony Hall and his 16-year-old girlfriend, Bunny Dixon, were obsessed with Satanism and the occult. That summer, Dixon told Hall and their friends, 24-year-old Daniel Bowen and 18-year-old Elizabeth Town, about a plan that had been given to her by the spirit of a 10-year-old boy named David, who communicated with her through a Ouija board. The plan involved leaving their home in Florida and joining a carnival in Virginia. In order to fund their trip, they would have to rob and murder a motorist. On July 20th, Town and Dixon pretended to hitchhike while the two men hid. When 25-year-old Nyok Van Ding picked up the girls, the men jumped out and robbed him of $111 at knife point. They then bound and gagged him and drove a short distance to an isolated wooded area where they shot him 11 times. After the murder, they drove away in Dang's car, but the two couples split up in North Carolina. Once they were on their own, Bowen and Town called the police and told them they had witnessed a murder. They then led the police to the crime scene. Hall and Dixon were arrested a short time later, and all four were tried for the murder. Hall and Bowen got life sentences, while Dixon was given 50 years and Town got 17. Paranormal enthusiasts say using a Ouija board can open a doorway into your home, creating a passageway to all kinds of spiritual activity. 
allowing these unknown energies and forces into your life can be dangerous because you never know who or what will come through from the other side. On the other hand, many skeptics claim there's a simple scientific explanation for the mysterious way the planchette moves across the board. It's called the ideomotor effect. The ideomotor effect describes an unconscious, involuntary physical movement. In the case of a Ouija board, the brain may unconsciously create images and memories when asking the board questions. Your body responds to your brain without you consciously telling it to do so, causing the muscles in your hands and arms to move the pointer to the answers that you unconsciously may want to receive. So, are Ouija boards dangerous occult gateways that can lead to demon possession? After using these spirit boards, was it some kind of evil supernatural force that pushed the perpetrators of these crimes to act out? Or did their very own dark, twisted thoughts hidden deep down give the Ouija board power? Did they get the answers that they wanted to get, maybe even without realizing that they wanted that answer? Either way, I personally have to say that I agree with Ouija board historian Robert Murch. Whether it's deliberate manipulation or the subconscious or the spirit world, Ouija boards work. In the opinion of your humble host, talking boards just don't seem like the type of thing to play around with. Nothing good ever seems to come. From using one. What do you think? Are Ouija boards tools of the devil? Are they powered by subconscious thoughts? Does it matter how they work if they cause such violent, horrendous crimes? Find us on Instagram at Straight Up Enigmas or Twitter at Straight Enigmas and let us know. You can also contact us through email at straightupenigmas at gmail.com or through our website, straightupenigmas.home.blog. If you like the show, please remember to hop onto Apple Music to give us a five-star rating. It really helps the podcast. This episode was written and produced by me, Jaden McKell. It was edited by Austin Blackwell. The theme song, Straight Up Enigmas, was created by Chuck Flyer. I leaned on a lot of great sources for this episode, so be sure to take a look at the links in our show notes. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we'll see you on October 18th for the first day of our exclusive 13 Nights of Halloween miniseries. This podcast is a part of Straight Up Strange Productions. Discover more shows like this one at straightupstrange.com.